0: season five of the score the team roping journals podcast where we cover the roping industry from top to bottom this is where the team roping world talks we talk through tough subjects we talk big wins and we talk real issues affecting the community i'm your host and editor of the team roping journal chelsea Shaver. Hey, everybody, this is Chelsea Shaver. Welcome to a bonus episode of The Score. This is a full-length, exciting, off-week bonus episode of this show. Uh, we don't do these too often, but we've got some big things happening that I need to tell you about and in an interview or two that you need to listen to. So if you have been paying attention to the last few episodes, we have been dropping interviews with the winners of the Riata Buckle uh, with our friend Drew Stewart. He's been filling in for me because he talked to all these folks right after they won. You can check out their videos of their interviews at Riata buckle um on facebook and on team roping journal and roping.com's facebook's Uh, and you can also watch them all win the roping over at roping.com we were the exclusive live stream of the riata buckle so you can catch up on all the action because there was a lot of it let me tell you (laughs) um so as the uh as the event wrapped up we sat down with Lance Robinson and Denny Gentry, the founders of the Riata Buckle. And then later, you'll actually hear from me talking to Chad Boos, who is another one of the founders of the Riata Buckle. Chad and Lance, they were the founders of the Pink Buckle and the Ruby Buckle. It's Chad's model that he brought over from the halter world. Uh, Pink Buckle and Ruby Buckle, of course, are in the barrel racing land. If you've been uh, paying attention to anything we've been doing over at Barrel Racing Mag, we cover that pretty heavily. Um, But then... This Riata buckle, we have been talking about it with Denny and Lance since it first kind of started to to simmer back uh, about a year ago. We dropped the information about it in one of the first days of the NFR last year, and their phones rang off the hook at the office for the pink buckle for people wanting their studs in. And then over the last year, we have updated you all with Denny um, as far as what was going to happen and, and what changes they were making and how the program was developing. Fast forward to the beginning of this month, November 3rd through the 6th at the Lazy E. They paid out $2 million to stallion owners, to breeders, and of course to the ropers themselves at this new uh, stallion incentive event that uh, really kind of shook the industry. There have been people, I think my. I don't think my phone has ever rang so much in the week after the Riata buckle because people were so engaged in what was happening. Um, so, Now, Denny and and the crew at the office have put together some numbers, so... If you were paying attention, you noticed the first two row banks were won by offspring of Hickory Holly Time. And if you were watching any of those short round introductions, it was by Hickory Holly Time, by Hickory Holly Time over and over and over again, which was really impressive. He um, had gone from 13th in the Q Data standings the whole way up to fourth with how much his offspring won. And that number, Hickory Holly Time's horses, brought home $155,000 at this event. I know Dean Dufton was super excited. We talked to Dean um, a lot throughout the last week and a half and he is just pumped for the way his horse's offspring have performed um, and and they showed up and showed off at the Riata Buckle. So we're going to have the full list of all of the top horses, the top riders all of that stuff. I'm going to start to slowly roll out online and then I'm going to roll it out um, in the February issue of the Team Roping Journal um, just for a little primer. We are working on the January issue. That will have all the World Series, a team and finale and NFR coverage um, that's going to happen in the next couple weeks. And then uh, after that issue closes up, we're going to dedicate lots and lots of space to all that happened in the Riata buckle because the February issue is also our breeders guide. So team ropers, because you are all kind of late adopters to this whole breeding pedigree phenomena, we... Um, we do the breeder's guide in February every year. It started out as a small project a few years ago, you know, 18 or 20 studs in it. Uh, and it was just kind of a priming the pumps for the future of the sport as we saw it back then. And I don't think we could have guessed at how big it was going to get um, because there are 155 stallions in the Riata buckle. Um, we might find out, you know, who knows how big it's going to get. Um But I know when Denny says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. He wants to have a massive event that's got a a country club feel because you've got to be riding a Riata Buckle horse uh, going forward at at these events. They're figuring out what they're going to do with the help horses. The help horses, if you could see me right now, I'm making quotes because they're just the unnominated horses that were part of the program this year um, that were allowed to rope. So there's a lot of details with the Riata Buckle that Denny and Lance and Chad and I talk through in these interviews that follow uh, this introduction. But there's going to be a lot more that we're going to know in the next couple months because we are in uncharted territory with what's happening over here in Riatta Buckle Land. And I want you to all get to enjoy uh, the information that Chad and Lance and Denny are about to present. So without further ado, enjoy this episode of the score bonus episode with the founders of the Riatta Buckle. <laughs> Okay, We're recording this on Sunday morning at the tail end of the Riata Buckle. Do you have any... What What is your first impression or your weekend-long impression?
1: We're happy. It, it turned out. I think it exceeded our expectations. I don't know how you felt, but I felt we were... We, we went way beyond where we thought we'd be the first time
2: out. I, I think we... Uh, I think we went way by our expectations. The part of it, the part of it that I liked about it is there. There was such a feel of energy here, and people, um, people seem to embrace the concept and what we're trying to do. And um, you know, everybody seems to want to be a part of it. And you know, we all play in this industry, and it's all important to us. And a lot of us, it's our livelihoods. So anything that can can move that and press that forward, something that we all want to kind of get after and embrace. The the one thing that I that I believe that that I saw
1: come to fruition here this weekend is, is that same horses, same riders, same trainers at fraternities all over the country, the top and, and the top horses and the top people. There's something when you put that money up and you've got them in a competitive environment that electricity comes on. You can just feel it in the air, and, and it's and and it's and not putting down anything that anybody else does. I just know that that is a thing that's always been there, and I felt it right here. It was different than it was different than a fraternity.
0: Well, and one thing that you had said. Oh, I don't know, six months ago at least, was that you thought there would be high-number guys and horse trainers looking for low-number guys to get on their horses. And I don't know about you, but I know, like, Wednesday and Thursday, I was getting phone calls from open ropers trying to figure out how the lower-number stuff worked. And then, and by the way, do you have any sixes? Do you know any fours? Like, looking for people. Did you experience that?
1: Yeah, uh, uh. If you look at the Twistlemans, all the teams they mounted, and Quinn Kessler and, and uh, even Jim Breekman, I think Jim had probably seven to eight guys in every rope and mounted, including the, the CO there at AQHA and, and uh, Jeff and all of them. A lot of those guys that had the horses had a whole lot of people on their horses.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, what were some learning curves this weekend? Anything you you think you've just kind of ruminated on and want to do differently next time around?
1: We'll, te- we'll tell you in two months.
0: Why are we waiting two months?
2: Because it needs it a night or two.
0: <laughs> I get it. I get it. Um, no,
2: I mean there's always things to improve on, but there, we have... We have a lot of really good help here that made it go off. I mean, even the shoot help here, it's miraculous how they they're kept amazing. things going. Yeah. And you can t- see their, they take their jobs serious, they're professionals. And, and uh, every, everything went smoothly for us. It went off about a hitch, but it's because of a lot of good people. But there'll be some changes that we can look back and say, Did, can we do better here? Did we make a mistake there? Is there something we can make better? And that's what we want to do.
0: Uh, The question around the... I I was visiting with some sponsors and some folks last night... uh at, later into the evening around around the table. And they were saying, asking, grilling us, basically, what, what's the next Riata? Is there going to be one next year? Or are there going to be six? What's the next evolution? Uh, we're
1: working on that. We'll, uh, You know what? Uh, we've got a more grandiose plan than that. And uh, we would like to do something that made these horses valuable all over the United States at every rope. But, and that's the approach that we're going to take for a while until we either want to work with within the industry within equine network and get that to happen and if not then we will pursue the same quest on our own but i don't want to have one or two events i want to make it where the earnings for all of these horses can apply at any jackpot they go to and we can take and start to attack that 70 million dollars that exist out there and get those on those stallions records
0: what have you heard from the stallion owners this weekend have you have you gotten any feedback from stallion owners throughout the weekend
2: there's there's a number of stallion owners here that have talked to us and they've they've, uh, they've really got behind it and they're real appreciative of being able to be in this program and, and move things forward I think that I think a lot of us have bred horses and uh, wanted to be part of that and i think there's even breeders now that will breed just like denny said they might not necessarily be ropers but they want to hang on to some of these to see what they can make them work if they have a brood mare that has really really nice foals they want to kind of control the destiny of those horses where they go and what they you know what hands they get into so it creates value in their in their breeding stock Every
1: every stallion owner that was here seemed extremely excited. The only thing I wish that we would have had the other 90 percent of them here to see what these others saw, and then I think we would it would it would have meant a lot more to us. But I don't think, as far as the people, that the stallion owners that were here, they were all ecstatic. So, I mean, it really went well.
0: I couldn't believe, you know, I, I write about all of these fraternities all year long, and some of the different names that I got to write about um, as far as the stallions was, was really cool for me. I mean, there was a lot, lots of great stallions that we all knew about for a long time that were highlighted here, but then also some of the ones that were early adopters of y'all's program that showed out here. Uh, I know the the 7S horses were all phenomenal yesterday. They had, the Tongue River horses were huge, so that was cool to see. Very cool. Denny, you've always had a lot of thoughts on the higher number, lower number situation. This was an event that had enthusiasm across the board from the higher number guys and the lower number guys. How did you, how did you see that?
1: Yeah, you're right. And it was... I, in fact, we were a little bit surprised. Of course, we analyze it now; we know where it came from. But we were surprised that the, that the 12 slide was so much larger than the, than the lower slide. And, and we got kind of got to the bottom of that. But it, it, from a money perspective, you're going to see us balance it out using the money to balance these divisions out. And I think that's going to that's going to be one of the things that we're going to talk about for next year. We'll start off initially guaranteeing the same amount of money that we did, and then if we got nominating money available, then we'll start to talk about more. But I think initially we'll start right where we're finishing right now and say, okay, we're in for two million next year, and then we'll evaluate middle of the year.
0: before we get too far into the episode, I want you to know about the program that we have run all year and who supported it. We have been covering the futurity business from top to bottom since uh, since February of 2022. And that has been on The Score. It has been on TeamRopingJournal.com. It has been on Roping.com and across our social media. That means our team has been at most of the major futurities. Um, if we weren't there, we wrote about it and we covered it uh, with the win We covered the stallions That were performing If you checked out The October issue Of the magazine uh, That had a huge feature On the American Rail Force Charity Association That effort was sponsored by people within the industry that really believe in the future of this rope horse game. So that is a special thank you to Resistall, to Fastback Ropes, to Cactus Ropes, to Cactus Saddlery and Equinity. They have all supported this program all year long. We are so grateful for them. Of course, you know we t- we work with the, all of those products all year in all kinds of different avenues, but they jumped on board very early in the year and said, "Hey, we really believe in what you all are doing. We believe in the future of the rope horse market." And they deserve a special thank you on this episode of the podcast. Cactus Ropes, of course, they've had lots of people with lots of success in this business. Uh, Cactus Saddlery too. Um, you, you know, we talked to the Rentless Bermuda. We talked to Trevor Brazil and Miles Baker all the time. They're featured on roping.com and in Team Roping Journal. And of course, they are sponsored by a lot of those companies. Equinity, um, they've supported a lot of our programs and they've kept a lot of these rope horses healthy with their amino acids. So check them out at teamequinity.com and Resist all. They have been with us since the very beginning on pretty pretty much supporting all of our initiatives. They are here for the industry. They are authentic and they believe in the growth of the sport. Fastback Ropes has Dakota Kirkenschlager, who is one of our favorite trainers to work with in the Futurity side of things. Reliance Ranch's Bobby Moat is also a fastback Dorsey, and we got to watch his horses. Ah, Man, they could really run, perform amazingly at the Royal Crowns this year. We have had so much fun with these advertisers supporting this industry, covering it in, its entirety and look for even more in 2023 because it seems like this bubble is not bursting anytime soon we love watching the rope horse side of things and anybody who knows me knows that this is my passion project i'm sure if you listen to this podcast you can all tell so thank you again to resist all to fastback ropes to cactus ropes to cactus saddlery and equinity for all the support all year long covering the horse market This weekend that will, you know, you've told me stories about the first U.S. finals. You've told me stories about the first World Series finale. Is there a story, a moment that 20 years from now we'll be telling about this event? Anything that really stands out in your mind? You know,
2: something that stands out in my mind, and I don't know if this is what you're fishing for. (laughs) I don't know what you're fishing for, but, and I don't want to get myself in a trap here, but... I haven't, I haven't been to, to a RELPIN really for like 20 years or whatever you told me about. But anyway, and, and I, again, I've been in the horse business, so it isn't like I've been away from it. But one of the things that I was so amazed at being here was, and not, maybe I just, my memory's quitting me because it's so long ago that I was going to these RELPINs, but there was a handful of women back in the day that rope pretty good there is a whole bunch of girls that look like I mean they don't you don't have to make a case that they deserve to be here they're the real deal not just in the breakaway roping but in the team roping it was I was like big time impressed about how many women can really rope
0: Brooke
3: Wilson
2: yesterday put on a clinic, huh? She, she did, you know, and I mean, there were some other girls that were real effective here, too. And it, I mean, that just, that, that just, that's just another thing that going clear back that the U.S. and the World Series has built to be able to have women like that in our industries. And, you know, they're awful good with those horses, and, and they bring a whole new clientele with them.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true.
0: Denny, you, now you gotta go watch the short round here just right now, but I'm gonna ask you what does this mean to you? At this point of your career now, After, what does this first event and, and now this association or this stallion incentive mean to you now? You
1: know, I've wanted to do something with the horses forever because that's the common denominator on all these disciplines and everything and never really have had a chance to do it. So I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's Everything else I did was extremely serious and, and it had an, uh, an intent. And this one here is a little bit more lighthearted and more trying to put something back into what we've done all these years, and, and so it, it, this is going to mean a lot to me, but in a really different manner. It's not something we got to do, it's something we want to do. I
0: love it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Chad was sneaky. He was kind of lingering around as I was talking to Lance and Denny. So we didn't get to talk to him together. He was kind of trying to be incognito. And I did trap him in an interview after. So enjoy this with Chad, who is one of the founders, again, of the Riata Buckle. (laughs) you got nominated to come up here last because you're the most important I think I doubt that <laughs> okay tell me what your introduce yourself to the team okay. roving world
3: well so again Chad Buse my wife Tiffany um, and I started this whole model in the show world so we about I think it was 14 years ago we came up with the idea to do the stallion incentive model mm-hmm. we launched it in the show world that's where we kind of came from we raised halter horses and, and, and we've done a lot of other things to race horses and okay. a little bit of the thoroughbred thing but um we've ran that for about 10 years and then lance uh robinson and i have been really good friends um we do a lot of stuff together we have a biotech company together and so forth we we've talked for a long time about doing it in the barrel racing world so we launched the pink buckle a couple years later we launched the Ruby buckle and that led us to where we are today with the riata too
0: And did you just get here? Is this your first day of this, or have you been here?
3: Oh, no, I've been here, but I had to go to the World Show. I had meetings with AQHA and the Heritage Place sale. It was huge, yeah. Yeah, so I've kind of been in and out. Yeah, it's been a
0: really busy week in the horse industry. Holy cow. That's what people were saying. There were people on my flight from Denver over here that were all like, oh, hey, where are you going? And it was all a different answer for all of the different people that were all in the Western industry. yeah, it was wild. Tell me, what's your take? I guess this is, this is the last yeah. day. What do you think about all this? Well, you know,
3: I was I I was a little apprehensive because my background isn't in the roping world. Lance and, and Denny, that's kind of their world. So I didn't know what to expect. Um, I've got a lot of friends. I, I've sold uh, horses to rope people. I mean, I, I, I've been around it my whole life, but I didn't exactly know what to think. And and I was really pleasantly surprised. But there's always a few hiccups the first year, um, getting all the Mm systems right and everything, but for the most part I couldn't have been happier.
0: Yeah, How does this first event compare to the other Mm, firsts that you've had?
3: So the pink buckle, the Mm -hmm. first year of the pink buckle was really small, um, mostly because people just didn't, honestly, I don't think they believed we'd pay out the money, Mm -hmm. you know, and they didn't know who we were. um, So it was, it was pretty small, but then from then it it just, it went really, really well. The ruby buckle, because we'd had two years with Mm -hmm. the pink buckle, of course it started off really strong. Mm -hmm.
0: What is your, do you have any comparisons of the rope horse industry to the other industries you're involved in at this point? Like any, any things you've learned in the last six months, a year?
3: Um... I'm not sure if I've learned. Um, I, I think I probably knew that the rope horse people and barrel horse people and show horse people are all. it couldn't be more different. Right. <laughs> Especially the barrel horse people and and the the team roping people. So I kind of knew that coming in. Um, I think we have different hurdles to get over in the rope world than we had in the barrel industry. Uh-huh. Uh, I think the nomination process is going to be a struggle for some of the rope horse people, just keeping it straight in their minds, realizing it has to be every year and being organized uh but we'll, we'll i don't help. know what you're talking yeah, about yeah i'm sounds, sure you don't sounds completely foreign <laughs> to me but we'll do our best <laughs> to help them so it'll be good
0: very good um and what kind of crew have you put together as far as the office staff it's been pretty skeleton crew making this all happen yeah, right it
3: really has yeah been. yeah
0: yeah very good. Well, um, what is your hopes and dreams for next year as far as the Riata buckle goes?
3: You know, just growth. Uh, again, so the model is really based to help stallion owners and breeders. That, that's what our whole program is about. Um, of course, the team are important. But for me especially, I deal with the stallion owners, the breeders, and that's what I really want to see them Breed more moles, sell their babies for more money, and see that success outside of the arena, mm-hmm. because that's what's really important to me.
0: Very good. Well, yeah. is there anything else you want people to know about the Rihanna Buckle?
3: Thanks for coming, and we appreciate the support. Thank you.
0: Thank yeah. you. This has been so...